All right, good evening, everybody, to to everybody in Sharks territory. I'm Aaron James, and this is the Shark City Podcast. It sounds like Sharks have scored 10 goals in the last two games. We only have one win to show for it. We have three games to revisit some thoughts on the boys now that the NHL season is 25% complete. The CUDA had an explosive game this past Sunday. We're going to be joined by SJ Battery Pack later on to discuss Thomas Bordelow's hat trick and Strassman's shutout. And, you know, <clears throat> we'll just so much more as we get ready for Thanksgiving here in Shark City. Uh, once again, I'm Aaron James with Shark City Podcast. And as you can see, for those of you who are watching uh, live on YouTube and Instagram, I am very proud and excited to announce that we are now Shark City Hockey. The Shark City Podcasts are now proud affiliates of the Hockey Podcast Network. So um, everybody enjoying the stream out there. This is being brought to you um, by the partners below. So be sure you know to um, check out DraftKings and use promo code THPN. Um, we'll have a little bit more on that later on in the episode. So first and foremost, let's just um, let's just you know let's digress. So Seattle Kraken. All right, I, I would like to revisit this this whole past week of Sharks hockey since we last spoke to each other in chronological order, but it just makes more sense to talk about what happened a couple hours ago. First of all, what a game, right? Um, Sharks, again, they scored 10 goals. So previously against the Ottawa Senators, five goals was enough to bury that team. Sharks won 5-1, got their second victory at home. And, um, you know, it just wasn't enough this time around. Seattle Kraken, I hate to say it as a Sharks fan, but they just own us. They really do. They own the franchise. I know it's still, you know, early. It's barely their second season of existence. But in five games, the San Jose Sharks were only able to win one. Man, this this almost is starting to like um, make Sharks fans, in my opinion, it's starting to give us that like rub us the wrong way with the whole Vegas Golden Knights. You know, when they first arrived on the scene, and you know this whole uh, rivalry where they got the best of us and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, I'm not going to talk about Game Seven because I think. I think that cow is, you know, I think that cow's dried up. I think, I think the fan base, specifically, you know, um, here in Sharks territory, with all due respect, I think we've, um, I think we've burned that one out, that whole game seven. Um, but long story short, it's just same kind of a sentiment, same kind of feeling. This new kids are on the block and they're handling our beloved Tiburones. Uh So yeah, uh, it sounds like Sharks. Oh man, I can't believe this. The San Jose Sharks lost tonight. Final score, eight, eight to five. Ah, pardon the pun, and this is gonna sound outrageous for being a Sharks fan, but I'm gonna call it how it is. The Kraken ate the Sharks. My goodness gracious! All right, all right. So let me put myself back together here. What an what an incredible game! I mean, honestly. I guess we're going to just have to start off the podcast right away with um, we just reacted to this game. It's the most current game. It's fresh. Might as well just go right into it. Uh, offensive showcase, bad defense, garbage goaltending. I don't know. This game was all over the place. Seriously. 
Uh, all I know is that Timo Meyer scores a hat trick. I was, I was begging, I was praying, like, show us the same thing you did last season. Go out there and score five goals. Just go out there and carry the game for us, man. Because he was on fire, and you know Meyer was on fire, and um, Martin Jones apparently playing in 2015 2016 form over there for Seattle. Um, you know, he gets his revenge game, if you will. 10th win in 15 games. 10th win in 15 games. I don't know what they're feeding him in Seattle, but it's definitely rejuvenated Martin Jones' career so far. All right. Um so yeah, let's just rewind it a little bit. Um, by the way, the lines are open. Speakpipe.com forward slash Shark City Hockey. Or you can check out our link tree. The link is right here in the video. Or if you're watching on Instagram or on any of our, any of our other social feeds, pardon me, um, across the board, by the way, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, at Shark City Hockey. But yeah, you can find our link tree in the bios on any one of those sites. And um, you can just scroll down a podcast message. Uh, you get about 90 seconds. 90 seconds. I think that's pretty solid to uh, leave a message and be a part of the show. Uh, so, you know, you react to anything that we speak of on this program or any of the um, posts that we are, any of the questions and topics that we dropped in our Instagram stories. All right. Um, so, and by the way, this invite is extended to those listening to the podcast. Um, you know, on your favorite podcast platform, as well as those listening and watching live on YouTube and Instagram. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to, um, you know, we're going to rewind it a little bit. We're going to rewind it a little bit. Um, just preview the show really quick before we continue. We are going to recap the past week. We're going to revisit the game against the Rangers, the Senators, and uh, again, catch right up to where we were just uh, left off at with the Kraken. Um, later on, in the program, we're going to be visited by SJ Battery Pack to talk about the CUDA. And we are going to talk about what I feel. This is just me personally. I mean, this isn't 100% accurate, but we took to Reddit and other, um, other, our other social media platforms, pardon me, our other social media platforms. And we asked the fans pretty much, you know, uh, how they feel about the squad, how they feel about the team after, you know, a quarter of the season being through. Um, so what we did here is we pretty much kind of summarize it into what was more of a general consensus. And we're going to share that with you later on the program. All right. So, uh, Martin Jones, my goodness. Uh, $1.6 million is the receipt that the, uh, sharks gave this guy. To beat us, I was really hoping. I mean, honestly, we scored five goals against Martin Jones. That does not surprise me one bit. Doesn't surprise anyone in Sharks territory at all that he surrendered five goals. I don't mean any disrespect. I'm just calling it how it is. Um, and with that being said, I honestly thought that the Sharks had a chance. I honestly thought that they had a chance. But um, again, let me rewind here. I want to make sure I stay on pace and not all over the place. Going back back in time all right so david quinn played new york rangers he played his final uh he played his last squad that he coached for the second time this season obviously when he's a massive square garden uh garden pardon me they got away at the win 
Um, so, you know, I'm not going to spend too much time on this. This went down on the 19th. Um, it's been a minute now, you know what I'm saying, over the weekend. And um, essentially, you know, the Sharks and the Rangers played a rather, you know, tight game. The um, Sharks were outstanding on the penalty kill. They were clinching the, you know, the whole face-off uh, percentage. They had 60% of the victories. Um, shots on goal, they kind of fell behind. Um, Rangers put on almost twice as much in terms of shots on goal. They got 23, the Sharks, 43, the Rangers. Um, but yeah, the Sharks killed three penalties. Uh, they didn't play the body as much as the Rangers, but they were blocking twice as many shots. Logan Couture essentially prevented the game from being a shutout. But um, yeah, the sh they lost a close, tight game. Um, James Reimer made 41 saves, but a goal that he surrendered with like less than seven minutes to go in the third period was enough to edge the Sharks. Rangers, like five minutes later, would score an insurance goal. And again, uh, Captain Logan Couture would score a um, goal with 15 seconds left in regulation. Um, of course, that was um, after giving up the empty netter. So, you know, it was kind of like one too late. You can't say, you can't say that the Sharks fought to the final moment, all right? You can't say that they fought to like the last few seconds and almost tied it up. Uh, Igor Shesterkin for New York Rangers made 22 saves. And uh, there was a deflection again by Logan Couture with 4.2 seconds. This is coming out of NHL.com. Um, you know what I'm saying? So there was a chance, I guess, as they would say in Denver, Denver, you're telling me there's a chance. Um, more like a mad scramble and just random swinging at the nets. But there was, you know, there was a moment where the Sharks could have perhaps uh, forced overtime. But yeah. Back to back to the whole point, you know, I'm trying to give credit where credit's due if you want to be like technical, but you know, the big three being Hurdle, Meyer, Couture, they waited literally until the last minute to put together some solid passing to set up a goal. Uh, Meyer found Hurdle by the crease. Logan Couture was kicking it on the opposite side of the blue paint. Um, Hurdle, you know, fed it across Couture and he buried it opposite side. You know what I'm saying? So that was the best play. That the Sharks had offensively, in my opinion, of the whole night. Again, not going to spend too much time uh, dissecting this whole thing. But, yeah. The Sharks, you know, they James Reimer deserves so much more. That's all I'm going to say. James Reimer deserves so much more. That's the last we've seen of him, by the way. He did not make the road trip to Seattle. A lot of people were kind of tripping on that. <laughs> um, well, we'll get into that a little bit later as well. But yeah, uh, 41 saves. He made 41 saves and the still was not enough to get a victory. Um, James Reimer had this to say after the game of uh, the Rangers. That's a really good hockey team over there and we stayed right with them and we were just one small chance and four seconds away there. You know, that, that quote comes from NHL.com. So, uh, yeah. What really tripped me out about this game wasn't necessarily the fashion in which the Sharks lost. More so than it was um, the reaction, I guess, from head coach David Quinn. So um, he had this to say after the game, and I quote, They beat us to every loose puck. They outbattled us. They outcompeted us. I thought our puck management wasn't great at 
all night long, but we are at least hanging around the first two periods. Took some penalties that put us behind the eight ball. Anyways, um, end quote. What's tripping me out, though, is he had some choice words to say about the Sharks. Three in particular said the Sharks stunk, they sucked, and they were soft. You know what's crazy? All right, just really quick, all right? So, by the way, um, again, the lines are open. Speakpipe.com forward slash Shark City Hockey. You let me know what you think. Um, we're going to talk about the Sharks and how they've been for the first quarter of the NHL season, for the 22-23 NHL season. And um, you still have a chance to interact live and leave your message at speakpipe.com forward slash Shark City Hockey. Um, so what we got going on is David Quinn, you know, he's a new bench boss, and now he's calling the squad soft. A couple episodes ago, for those of you who listened to us um, or who've watched us in the past, and follow us, you are aware that there's only like two other people in the past who've done that recently, and that was X Sharks winger, he who shall not be named, Evander Kane. So, you know, take those words with a grain of salt. But prior to that, before he was let go, X bench boss Peter DeBoer. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I'm I'm not trying to dive too deep into the, you know, the waters here. But the point I'm trying to say is like, um, you know, two of these guys who were with the club no longer, and then one of them who's, you know, the fresh set of eyes, essentially. You know, he's he's a, he's pretty much looking inward, right? Brand new eyes looking in. So he's going to see things hypothetically differently than, you know, predecessors and whatnot. But yeah, to say that they're soft, to say that they sucked, and to say that they stunk, man. Uh, some Sharks fans out there love how blunt and how honest he is. I, I dig it. I'm not going to lie. I dig it. But the point I'm trying to say is, to tie it all together, is... You know, maybe there is some truth to what these three people are saying, including the current bench boss. You know, maybe there are players on the roster who are soft. Okay? And I am, honestly, I think the Sounds of Sharks have the skills to win these games. Here's another common thread you're going to hear all season long. Um, the Sharks are entertaining in their loss. I don't care for any of that. I really don't. I'll go into that a little bit when the when the segment's appropriate. And pardon me for keep saying that and uh, planting all these teasers here, but I'm just trying to I'm trying to wrap up this segment here really quick. But um, yeah, the you know the fact that this is being like just constantly being um like these this words constantly being um brought out by you know um, people who are coaches or players etc. Because um you know one of the newest sharks was speaking most recently about how, like, you know, you shouldn't have to be motivated. You should be coming here and doing your job, right? Anyways, um, it, I'm paraphrasing that, but you get the, you get the gist. You know, what if, what if there are some players on that, on that squad that, you know, are soft? And t to get back to the point I was trying to make before I backtracked here, 
was the Sharks have the skills. They have the players. All right. Um, it just seems that like, like every, every player is like taking their turn to like be in the limelight or to showcase their skills. It's like, you know, Timo, excuse me, Tomas Hurdle was doing it his contract year. Timo Meyer was also, um, you know, setting new career highs and franchise records, you know, while he has an impending contract year coming up. And, um, you know, Eric Carlson now, who is fully healthy, is putting on, you know, a show that's attracting other teams, supposedly, you know, when it comes to trade talks. Anyways, all that to say is like, you know, we have some of the best players in those positions being defense, center, or wing in the entire league. All-star Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle, all right? $64 million extension. And then Eric Carlson, who is on track to, you know, he's on pace with Connor McDavid. I mean, the fact that there's somebody on the squad on pace with one of the, the most elite players in the league. The Sharks have the skill. They have more than enough skill to win these games. But it just seems like they're lacking, like, the grit, the physicality. And in some cases, like, the the awareness on the ice. So I'll, I'll get in, back into that in just a moment on my breakdown. Um, so here we go. Let's get back into this really quick. So uh, New York Rangers, you know, they came into town. They... They being Julian, um, you know, forget it. I'm going to move on. Logature prevented a shutout. And, you know, the Sharks essentially lost another game at the tank. They struggled to get a victory. Uh, so um, moving forward out of that really quick here, um, you know, the Sharks did show up and they answered that game in which they could have won. My bad. The whole point I was trying to say with us having best players in those positions in the league is to say that the Sharks could be winning these games. And for some reason, each one of them is taking their turns, showing up, but they are not doing it like together. Well, I lie. Ottawa Senators, when they came to town, they got destroyed. Sharks, they came alive. Now, this was the type of hockey that we've been thirsting for, that, we, that we've been hungry, hungry for. And it happened at the tank. Hallelujah. Right? Um, so... Um, Ottawa Senators, they come in town. San Jose Sharks defeat them 5-1. to 5-1, to one, as we mentioned at the top of the podcast. San Jose Sharks have scored 10 goals in the last two games. They've only had one victory because Seattle just freak show Seattle. Scored a goal for every single technical that they have. Um, but back to uh, the Sens here. Let's, let's celebrate some good times. What a shift by Noah Gregor to get the first goal of the season and the first goal of the game. Gets a breakaway, hits the post on the backhand attempt, sticks the puck, continues to play, great positioning, knocks a high pass down from Luke Kunin in the slot, finds himself alone with the puck on his tape, wristed past Cam uh, Tablet and scored first goal of the year. Man, that right there was an exciting play. And it was nice to see the Sharks like strike first, you know, first attack, as they say, in Street Fighter. And, you know, just dominate the game. I mean, obviously, well, we'll get into Ottawa's goal briefly. But back to um, Noah Gregor and 
his first goal of the year. He added this to say this is via NHL.com. This is from Noah Gregor, and I quote, I have a little weight off my back, sort of a frustrating start for me, so it was really nice to see that one go in, uh, end quote. Um, so, yeah, you know, the, the play, honestly, the play, and we're now on Ottawa Senators. This right here went down on the 21st just a couple of days ago. Uh, the last game at the tank before uh, the Sharks packed the bags and went on the road. Um, so just for the one game, by the way, they'll be back Friday to do this whole Seals throwback thing. We'll talk about that too. Um, so yeah, uh, Noah Gregor gets his first year, but that play, that play really, it really began back deep in the Sharks defensive zone. Matt Benning made a solid feed past the, um, he was like behind the goal line, like right there by the half wall. And he passes up to Luke Coonan, who redirects the pass behind him. Um, out of the zone, like like not even looking, look almost like it was a no look, like redirect, like backwards pass. But it fi- it finds its way towards center ice into um and to Noah Gregor, who goes on the breakaway, right? And you know that's when the offensive pressure begun. Um, that that kind of play and the way the Sharks were on it, it was just oh man, it was amazing. It really was. I mean, for a second, it almost felt like they were putting on a clinic. Um. It it was it was just outstanding to um see like Noah Gregor do the um like I mean the play in real time I think was impressive, right? The Sharks were able to clear the zone with some precision passing and take control of the ice. They were able to, um so you know let me let me backtrack here. When they entered the zone on that breakaway and he didn't connect they continued to keep that pressure and that was just dope to watch in real time. So they were like taking away the ice and that right there was also exciting to watch. Um, you know, they control the ice. They minimize the space that the senators were able to like play the puck. And again, individual effort by Noah Gregor. Um, obviously it was a team effort, but that pass from the point by Kunin was going rather high. So, you know, if he didn't knock that down and by the way, keeping the stick below, you know, um, you know, not, not keeping it a high stick, you know, keeping it below the shoulder, you know, knocking it down. And then what a fortuitous situation to have, you know, <laughs> the two guys in front of him just collapse on the ice and just leave a wide open shot in the slot. I mean, mm, that was money, baby. Anyways. Um, so yeah, um, Obviously, Ottawa, they answered back, and the first period ended in a 1-1 tie. Um, Sharks committed two men to Brady to, to Chuck in the trapezoid, those two men being Carlson and Hurdle, just calling it how it is. And uh, Kachuk was able to find um, Tim Stutzel. Stutzlow, pardon me. Um, he did it with a pass through the slot through Jacob Magna, who was caught looking at the puck carrier. That puck went past him and eventually past Kapokakinen. I say it like that because the same thing happens tonight in Seattle, man. Jacob Magna is constantly, maybe I should save this for the uh, review, but I might as well say it now. He's constantly caught watching the puck carrier and not paying attention to, you know, the crease, to the, you know, what's going on around him. So there's literally players skating up behind him. And just scoring goals, like just taking the puck unchallenged, scoring goals. It's crazy. Anyways, um, 
not to say that he's that you know that he doesn't do um anything else, but you know, obviously those will stick out and get scored against. Good news is the Sharks answered back with four more goals. Okay. So the Sharks ran away at the game. They should have shut the Senators down for 40 minutes. Capital Kakinen ended the game with 37 saves. And the uh, Sharks won 5 to 1 thanks to goals by Timo Meyer, uh, Matt Nieto, Tomas Hurdle, and Logan Couture. Um, so, you know, that was the first Sharks win in regulation since April 23rd of last year when they won 4 to 1 over the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, the first and only victory at home this season came in overtime against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, um, yeah, here we are. Pardon me. Back to, back to tonight. Now we've all caught up. Seattle Kraken. Martin Jones. Who'd have thought? Uh, prior to the game, Radim Shimik was activated off of the injured reserve. So, you know, congratulations, Radim. Um, to make space on the 23-man roster, this is purely a roster move, you know, roster transaction, so to speak, salary caps uh, transactions, they call it, paper transaction. That's a new term I learned this offseason. Um, Nico Sturm had been placed on the injured reserve. Prior to the trip now, as we mentioned earlier, Aaron Dell was called up to the main roster, and boy, oh boy, did that send off um, a flurry of just like, all right, what happened? Who's injured, or is James Reimer getting traded? Oh man, I'll be honest with you. I was prepared. I was prepared to hear either James Reimer was hurt or he was traded. Not because I believe that he was injured. I didn't expect it. You know, sometimes these, you know, day to day or, you know, whatever, whatever classification, upper, lower body injury, sometimes that's just the designation, right? I mean, a lower body injury could be like bowel movement. <laughs> Anyways, let me uh, rewind it here. But the point I'm trying to say is like, and, you know, ho- hope you get better soon, James Reimer. Don't mean to poke fun. Don't mean to sound stupid and like insensitive and like a jerk. Because that's not, the, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make fun. So let me, let me digress here. I check myself. Prior to the trip, Aaron Dell was called up to the main roster. And he, um, you know what? He was pretty much being called on. I definitely was calling on him to be put into the game. Like, you might as well have made it Martin Jones versus Aaron Dell. Because Capo Kakinen, again, this should be saved for a little bit later. But he's just not impressing. He is not, like, he's he's kind of, I really hope he finds his game. I really hope he just relax. You know what I'm saying? I really hope that he finds, you know, whatever it is that he needs to build. I don't want to say confidence because that sounds so generic. What I want to say is like, um, not repetition, but um, what's the word I'm looking for? So the tip of my tongue, pardon me. Um, but essentially, you know, like just keep build, you know, just keep doing the right things over and over and over again. Until essentially, you know, I don't even want to get to the generic, to all the, I'm going to sound super generic, you know, like when you say get down to the fundamentals or get back to the basics, right? But you, you get the gist of what I'm trying to say. This guy needs to like start building up his, um, oh man, 
We'll just stick, we'll just stick to production since I'm struggling here. <laughs> oh, my bad. But the point I'm trying to say is this guy needs to figure it out. He needs to figure it out, okay? Because the sound of these sharks obviously are invested in him. It was known... It, it was known amongst the league that Capo Kakinen was favored to be the starting goaltender in San Jose. And James Reimer isn't going to just give it to you. He's not going to hand it over. He already chased Aiden Hill out of San Jose. All right. He earned that goaltender spot. All right. And he's not just going to hand it over to Capo Kakinen. And I don't think David Quinn are going to let um, Kakinen have it you know with his performance um i'm rooting for the guy i really am i really am but at, at, at some point like you gotta wonder like man like i mean they probably won't bring up strauss man you know that's a dream but you gotta wonder you know what i'm saying like at what point do you you know if this continues and it continues to just go down you know if it's a downslide you know when when do you start you know calling up some of the guys from the Cuda? Maybe maybe Apple Kakinen clears waivers. Maybe he needs conditioning in the AHL. I don't know. All I'm saying is that this was supposed to be the starting goaltender, and it's not happening. Eight goals, eight goals. Obviously, you know there's some empty netters, right? But come on, they should have just gave us Dell versus Jones. <laughs> Anyways. Um, James Reimer, I hope you get, um, I hope you get better. Uh, well, which to you, um, I would expect to see him laced up in a game this upcoming Friday when the Sharks throw it back to the Seals. All right. But before we get into that, let's just wrap up this, uh, Seattle, Seattle cracking game here. Oh boy. Oh boy. So, yeah. Uh, Sounds like Sharks, they lose 8-5. to five. Timo Myers scores his fourth career hat-trick, I believe it is. Fourth career hat-trick, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is. Um, it's a second hat-trick for Sounds like Sharks this season. Eric Carlson obviously got the first um, at the beginning of the month against the Ducks. And, yeah, um, you know, Lowen Couture, he opened up the game with the first goal. Uh, Timo Meyer. He followed through at the end of the period, kind of reversing the whole um, two or fewer trend that's going on this season. I'll fill you in in a, in a second. But uh, Logan Couture and Timo Meyer they make it a 2-1 edge at the first period. So it was looking pretty solid for San Jose. And then just three unanswered goals. <laughs> oh, man, like in a matter of minutes, like like literally like less than three minutes apart. All right, so Vince Dunn, Ryan Donato, what's going on? Ryan Donato, shout out to Ryan Donato. Man, Ryan Donato and Martin Jones, man. I bet they were loving it, smiling ear to ear right now, ex-Sharks players. Anyways, uh, Tua Meyer, he scores. He gets a tally for the Sharks, so, you know, it's not looking too bad. Sharks are going into it 4-3. to three. Uh, Alexander Barabanov, like one minute, literally one minute into the third period, scores his second of the season. And, you know, all of a sudden it's a game again. It's 4-4 four to four, or 0-0 zero, zero, as they say it. You know what I'm saying? When you're out there playing pickup hockey. When you're out there playing beer leagues. The game is tied late in the third. 0-0 zero, zero game, baby. Anyways, um, and then, yeah, that was short-lived. 
very, very short-lived. Less than two minutes later, um, Seattle, man, they start pouring it on again. <laughs> oh, man. Literally, like, less than two minutes after that. I think I think, I think almost less than a minute, you know. And they're just pouring it on. Timo Meyer gets a hat trick and then another two to answer back. Seattle cracking eight goals against, obviously, one of the worst performances, one of the worst loss of the season for San Jose. This definitely has the vibes of the Nashville Predators coming into the tank last season. I did believe it was eight to one was the final score the Sharks lost to. But um, man, I cannot believe. I really cannot believe that um that they lost that bad. What I also can't believe is Martin Jones. I mean, man, even though the, the game was already like far out of reach in, in the in the final moments of that game, like he's literally doing like some Dominic Hoshik impersonations in the crease, just sprawling across the crease, throwing the leg packs, just throwing them up in the air and actually making like a save. That's definitely going to be like one of the top 10 saves, if not the number one save of the week, uh, league wide. Um, you know, good news, Logachor, he has extended his uh, point streak. I believe he has more than like 10 points in his last eight games. Um, Carlson has 30 points for the season, 19 points this month. He matched the one-month team record set by Brent Burns in March 2016. There's one more game coming up in February. All he needs is an assist or a goal. And, yeah, he breaks it. He holds it. Eric Carlson, baby. What more can you say? And that is it. That's the wrap-up. That's pretty much the last week of Sharks hockey. Man. You know, it sounds like Sharks, again, I think they have the weapons to make it to the playoffs. I think they have the weapons to... Um, people are laughing out there right now like, what? I think they have the weapons to win big games. But back to the comments um, that I was kind of like focused on earlier with David Quinn saying how they were soft. Just like a couple coaches ago. All right. Now, how long How long was David DeBoer? Or excuse me, David DeBoer. <laughs> Stupid, my bad. Peter DeBoer. How long ago was Peter DeBoer? Pardon me. How long ago was Peter DeBoer? All right. Think about that. That was 2019. It's 2022. Coach is still calling this team soft. The core players remain the same, right? I mean, I can't believe... Personally, that he's talking about maybe like the new 11 players that joined the squad. He's got to be talking about the core players, right? The players that, that this team is built around. So, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, a lot of people out there, especially if you play like, you know, the analytics and the statistics game, uh, the Sharks are right where they are expected or pro projected to be, right? They're right where they're projected to be, um, you know, in the standings, point-wise, all that stuff goals for etc but um you know for sounds like sharks fans especially those out there who oh man like myself who believe that you know i don't want to say this too i don't want to sound too far-fetched or too out there but the point i'm trying to say is you know like some people out there they like to believe in like the whole tank for bedard <laughs> there's a whole squad there's a whole squad of teams out there in NHL, you know, putting their bid in for that number one draft spot. Don't even have to be the worst team in the league, right? 
get that lottery pick. But anyways, um, and not to just make it all on Bernard because obviously it's um pretty talented top top four, top five this season, um, or this draft this draft season. But to get back to the point, um, you know, is soft? Is that just you know, is is that like the the passive way to just be like, all right, this is this is like you know we're gonna chop it up to being soft. The team was soft, you know what I mean? And because it's again, it's the same description that we've been hearing, not just from coaches but ex players, you know. And the point I'm trying to say is, you know, w- w- when are they going to get hard? I guess right. And that probably came across sounding way out of line. So pardon it because I know some of you out there are, um some type of way with your mindset. So please don't take it that way. But what I'm trying to say is this, when are they going to, you know, get hard, Kevin, um, Kevin, um, Hart and Will Ferrell style, <laughs> but seriously, seriously. Anyways, um, what I'm trying to say is I think the sharks can make it to the playoffs. I think they, ha- I think they have the talent to win the games. I mean, they got the freaking goaltending. You can't say that they don't have the goaltending. 41 saves. James Reimer can't win the game. 41 saves. The victory they do win, 37 save night. You know, um, Kapokakinen definitely hasn't delivered this season. But, I mean, how many times are the Sharks leading them hang out to dry, right? Anyways. Um, so, yeah. With that being said, we are going to get into, because we're obviously, as you can see, we are transitioning into it. We're about to get into the review of the team for the last um for for the past couple of months here 25 percent of the uh, season has been played so we're going to do our reviews we went to reddit to see what the fan base thought but before we get into that um i want to just share some thoughts on some of these uh trade rumors in regards to eric carlson uh, a little bit out there kind of being thrown around with timo meyer um but yeah I think before we do all that, since we've already recapped the uh, week of Sharks hockey, I think right now is a great time to connect with our pal from SJ Battery Pack. And let's get on the line here, why don't we, with our friends Carlos from the SJ Battery Pack. Let's do this. All right, so I'm joined by Carlos of SJ Battery Pack. Carlos, thank you for taking some time this week to um, join me again to talk San Jose Barracuda Hockey. How are you doing? And, uh, you know, what's going on in Cuda country? Yeah, thank you so much for having me again. Coming back over here, we just played against Tucson and um, had a great victory, 6-0. We got a shutout. We got a hat trick and it's just smiles all around. Yeah, definitely an exciting game. I mean, they handled it on Sunday, man. They definitely um, they there's one highlight after the other, man. Just one highlight after the other. I mean, from the scoreboard to the goaltending. I mean, you name it. Yeah, definitely. Um, as everyone saw, at the end of the score was six zero. Barracuda did really good in there. We were great on our penalty kill, five for five over there. Um, we had. Uh, First of all, we had our goalie getting our shutout. That is the first with the team. He's had three other shutouts before, so it's kind of exciting to get him. We've got Dell and we've got Mann, who all three of them now have shutouts with the Barracuda super early in the season. 
Yeah, that's super exciting to see the whole goalie depth um, being um, really productive, especially in the AHL. Um, I mean, obviously, Strauss, man, that is a story within itself that we could probably briefly touch on a little bit later, but um, definitely super um, awesome to see, um, you know, just, again, the production, whether it's uh, Dell, Strauss, or, um, pardon me here, um, McAniemi. It's just, it's amazing. It's uh, definitely been great having him over here. Um, you can go ahead and start off here with the first period, the breakdown here. It was great. Barracuda had 12 shots on that, while Tucson only had eight. We did really good there, only uh, drawing two penalties, first by Ryan Merkley for that tripping, able to kill that. We had uh, Jeffrey Vale as well for a minor penalty for tripping, able to go ahead and uh, work our way through that. And we did have a power play. There was a two-minute minor tripping from Tucson that we just were not able to convert. Yeah, so, um, you know, what i kind of been noticing, and now this is just me, but, you know, like the penalties are becoming frequent now. Um, we gotcha. obviously are not going to touch up on the previous uh, game that <laughs> happened on Saturday where uh, Tucson – uh, came out with a victory six to three against Akuda, but yeah, you know these first period uh, penalty sh uh, sheets are being filled up. Yeah, we definitely had a lot of players. You know, Montana notorious for being on the bench over there after into a couple of scraps. So it's kind of nice to see. Uh, you know, his hands are going from fists to getting some points over here. Uh, Montana is actually leading with assists. He's got. Um, he's one of our leaders with the assists. He's got five assists this season. So it's kind of nice to see that, you know, we do have all those penalties that we're racking up, but these boys are also using their hands smart and getting that puck. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it always helps to have a pretty decent penalty kill if you're going to, you know, um, take so many trips to the sin bin there. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's, let's jump into the second period where, you know, all the magic started to happen. Definitely, <clears throat> excuse me about that. It's definitely second period. Uh, Kuda definitely got more shots on that. We were at 16 by the end of the second, while Tucson only had seven that period. Uh, it was great to see Andrew, our captain, right over there. He did get a penalty for a face-off violation. That was about two minutes there. But it's kind of good to see these guys come back from here, not to let that go ahead and defeat them like you were talking about that. We've got a lot of players that are sitting in the bench getting all these penalties. It's definitely nice to come back after that. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, second period is super productive. Um, it took about almost seven minutes or so for, you know, uh, Daniel Gushin to get a sweet feed from Brandon Coe across the slot. Uh, he put that puck right over the shoulder and into the top shelf um, to get the uh, first goal of the game for Dakota. I mean, just some sweet moves all, all period long. Yeah, definitely. It was nice to get that pass from Co. And um, it was about 50 seconds later, Agazino went ahead and passed that to Eklund for a five-hole goal, which is just beautiful. You know, everyone's always talking about William Eklund. We're always excited to see him play. But it's nice to see him get a couple more goals here. Yeah, man. And you know what? I, I'm, I'm still a little bit on the fence here. I'm, you know, I don't know if it's an amazing pass or a fortuitous bounce, but the fact that that found him like right on, open in the slot, like nobody around him, <laughs> just one on one, uh, yeah, that that was a that was a beauty for sure for Eklund. Definitely nice. Um, and then, um, then well, favorite for me personal, uh, Artemi Kanijov 
great player to see, and it was nice for him to get a shorthanded goal in the second period. Love to see that kid play. There was unfortunate injuries in the past, so it's kind of nice. His luck's turning around, and he's getting pucks in the net. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so really quick, you know, um, so Robbins and Merkley just want to throw it out there. They also got the assist on that shorty. Um, again, you know, it's nice to be able to, um, have a productive, uh, PK unit. And then, you know, the, the CUDA, I don't know. I think they were just on one, man. They put on a clinic <laughs> against, uh, the Roadrunners on Sunday. Um, and then obviously, um, Bordalo, you know, he, he gets his first one to close out that period. Um, we'll go ahead and take the lead on that, my friend. Yeah, that was, um, from Robbins, that was his first right there, about 17.33 in the second period. It's nice to finish off um, nice and strong. You know, we already had a couple goals right there, so it's nice to get that confidence going, especially when you see teams like, you know, sometimes the Sharks come second period, things start to get a little wobbly, so it's nice to know that the Barracuda are not heading that direction just yet. Thank yeah, you. definitely. And, you know, at this point in the season, it, it looks like, you know, things are starting to click, you know, the, the chemistry. And it could have just been that, you know, maybe the back-to-back -back caught up to Tucson. But I really think that the CUDA are, um, you know, they're starting to get it together. And, I mean, just, again, some of these plays and some of these passes in that second period um, led to some amazing chances. Um, so, oh, pardon me. Um, so, yeah, let's, um, let's, why don't we just jump to the third period? I mean, obviously the main event of the evening outside the shutout was uh, the Hattie. Yes, definitely. We had two more goals coming in from boards. One was, from, again, my favorite, Kinejian. Went ahead and passed it to him. That was a power play goal. That was at 6-17 of the third. And then we also had, you know, crowd favorite, William Eklund, go ahead and help boards right there at 16-47 to get that um, third goal over there. Unfortunately, you know, we were away. We were over at Stanley's with a couple of fans, so that was really great. Everyone got together. We had a couple of hats thrown up in the air. So nice. It's always nice to celebrate. Definitely looking forward to celebrate another one in person. This yeah, was for, for sure. boards. Um, this was the 11th hat trick in franchise history for the Barracuda. So it's definitely nice to see that again. I believe the last time the Barracuda had a hat trick was from Nikolai Goldobin. So it's definitely nice to get some going again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Thomas Bordalo, uh, he had himself, I believe, a three-point night with three goals, and Eklund matched him, one goal and two assists. So, um, you know, the prospects are, you know, the guys that a lot of Sharks fans out there are thirsty and they're hungry. You know, they're hungry to see them being on the uh, main roster. Um, you know, I like where they are right now. They're making things happen. Definitely. They are uh, doing great right now. You know, we're, we're getting a great start. We had a um, franchise high four goal period for the Barracuda that game. So, you know, the boys are getting their confidence. They're getting shots on net and you know, they are getting rewarded for their attempts. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. So, hey, I um, heard you drop that, you know, you were checking out the game. Why don't you um, catch us up on how the watch party went? Last time we got together, you said you're hosting a watch party and obviously you had to be like ecstatic with a 6-0 victory, man. Oh, yeah, it was wild. We were over at Stanley's. We had pizza. We had drinks, um, prizes for all the fans that attended there. So everyone had a good time. You know, it's always hit or miss when having a watch party. You don't know how the score is going to go. And this was just 100% helped amplify everyone's energy over there. And, um, you know, it was a great turnout. We're excited and hoping to do more in the future and, you know, just get more fans together. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, um, you know, 
super um you know super excited to you know uh, meet up with the battery pack in the future to cheer on the cuda at the tech cu um so what we got looking ahead of us yeah, we've got um, a couple of away games going on right now for the CUDA. They're playing Ontario on the 23rd. They're playing the Henderson on the 25th, Bakersfield on the 26th. We're really excited to have them back home at the end of the month to just finish off the 29th and the 30th against Iowa. Um, Barracuda had been working on this November fundraiser to kind of raise some money for men's health. So it's going to be um, mental health, prostate cancer, testicular cancer, you know, all these things are important things that sometimes get swept under the rug. So it's nice to see the team kind of, um, you know, put their part into the community and try to give back. We are going to be, um, you know, trying to help them out, donate when we can, also going to be providing um, some mustaches on the 29th and hoping to get some fans together for a group photo and just have our little November mustache group photo on the 29th. Uh, that, that sounds amazing. Um, you know, First of all, you know, super, um, you know, uh, Bravo, Bravo Zulu, as they would say in the Navy, uh, to, you know, the Barracuda and, um, you know, for everything that they're doing and thank you for bringing that up to bring some more awareness for men's health. And, uh, also, you know, for everyone out there listening, get your fake mustache on with the battery pack on Tuesday, November 29th. <laughs> Um, so just, just to recap, you know, our, our session, our segment here. So, uh, you know, Barracuda, the last five games, uh, they're looking pretty solid here. Um, I believe what, are, what are they? They are three and two, correct? Yeah, they are three and two. And, um, out of those three victories, two of them happened at home recently. So, you know, the fans are always excited to see a win at home as excited as we are seeing one away. Uh, and it's just, you know, we're looking forward to what's coming up. That's awesome. And for those who are keeping track, uh, so the last the last five games for the CUDA, you know, it's uh, pretty much been back and forth, win-loss, win-loss. Uh, they just did their first series against Tucson Roadrunners. Uh, they split that series that we just mentioned, or we just covered. Um, as we got together last podcast, we talked about San Diego and uh, Roy Summers returned back to San Jose. Uh, and then that was a victory, 3-0, another shutout. Um, 3-1, loss to Colorado, but a 1-2 victory against them, um, you know, the day prior. So, you know, they're looking pretty solid. And as you mentioned, they're winning these games at home. And that's what matters. That's what really matters is giving that home crowd and, you know, Cuda Country and the Battery Pack, uh, you know, a show and, you know, some more memories to bring home. Um, and just just one more time, I just want to reinforce this. And thank you um, for letting me take the lead right here really quick. But McAniemi, he did become the third goaltender um, this season for the Cuda to record a shutout. Uh, Aaron Dale and Strauss Mann are the other two. Strauss Mann has obviously been called up. Uh, as Aaron Dell has been called up today um, to uh, go on the road trip in place of James Reimer. By the way, before uh, it became obviously um, confirmed, I guess, that James Reimer was day-to-day, um, how did you feel about Aaron Dell being called up? Because a lot of fans kind of had their own super reaction, but let's hear yours first. Yeah, you know, um, it's definitely exciting for Dell. He's definitely put in the work with the CUDA part of the season as well. He's played with them. I feel like he's had... You know, like the other two goalies, he's had a shutout. He's had a strong game. And I think, you know, he's being rewarded and he's going to get another chance to go to the show. All right. So just really quick and don't mean to put you on the spot, but was there any doubt that, you know, um, there was going to be a roster move um, or like one of the other top goalies for the Sharks? Because a lot of fans are kind of like jumping quick to jump to, you know, consider maybe some kind of like roster movement. Were you one of those or did you assume it was uh, something on a more personal level, I guess? 
Yeah, I was thinking it was more something going on with the team because, you know, Reimer's been doing well, and um, I, I I saw that everywhere. <laughs> Everyone was posting, thinking he's who's who's going to get him. He's he's going. Dell's going to be called up. So I'm glad that's not what's going on. And I'm always glad for Dell to get some more time with the Sharks up in the NHL. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you for um, taking that. You know, um, you know, quick uh, reaction there to the uh, today's news, or excuse me, um, you know, the news of um, you know Aaron Dell being. Um, called up anyways hey um carlos thank you again for your time um happy thanksgiving brother you know have a great holiday uh wishing you um you know the best this uh, holiday weekend and thank you for taking time to talk uh barracuda hockey with me today man yeah definitely thank you so much for having me and happy thanksgiving to you hopefully you get to spend some time with the loved ones and get a little time off in hockey and relax a bit before hopping back on there on the next day <laughs> <laughs> right right back on the grind <laughs> All right, brother, you two um, have some fun, you know, at the upcoming games. And, um, you know, can't wait to see you out there again and, uh, you know, cheer for Dakota. Um, until next time, uh, happy holidays and, um, you know, let's go, Kuda. All right. So, you know, one of the cool things about talking with Carlos from SJ Battery Pack is, um, you know, very, um, very chill, very natural, very relaxing. I'm pretty sure some of you who are a regular fan of the show noticed that I might be a little bit nervous today. Well, I'm not going to lie. You know, um, today's the first episode that I'm doing with the Hockey Podcast Network, and I'm super excited, super jittery. So I'll try to get my thoughts together and be um, not all over the place. But nonetheless, I'm just so excited to uh, be on board, and um, I'm definitely a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Speaking of which, um, it's time to talk to our friends at DraftKings. So uh, let's go talk to our friends at DraftKings really quick. And when we come back, we are going to speak about uh, the Sharks and what some of the fans, including myself, feel about the team. Uh, now that 25%, a quarter of the NHL season is uh, behind us. We'll be right back. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, welcome back to the Shark City Podcast. I'm Aaron James. Don't forget to follow us across social media at Shark City Hockey. That's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitch. <laughs> I'm trying to think what else. Uh, visit our link tree, all right? It is in the bio. It's attached to the video. Um, that'll connect to everything, Dark City Hockey, everything we have to offer. Um, so I went to Reddit to ask fans how they felt about the team now that the quarter of it is behind us, okay? And here is pretty much a general consensus. Now, keep in mind, I am not trying to speak for everybody, all right? I will share my own personal feelings, which I kind of have been um, tossing, um, you know, planting little seeds here and there throughout the show, so to speak. 
But um, yeah, the general consensus that I had got from the subreddits, right, are that the team, most, most Sharks fans feel that the team is pretty much meeting expectations. Um, some fans out there are generally sh um, shocked to see that the Sharks, for you know, a lack of a better way of putting it, aren't getting mopped all over the place. <laughs> I know it sounds so cruel, but it's just the facts. Um, a lot of fans were kind of expecting the Sharks to just continue to be this um derailing train you know what i'm saying and i i personally now i'm going to throw in my two cents i personally can understand where they're coming from because you know based off the last few years having missed the playoffs for the first time in franchise history for three consecutive seasons of um, some of you out there especially who are fan bases of teams that have a much longer uh, history than than our franchises you know, we're not even 35 years old yet. But to um, back to the point, you know, whew, with, within the fan base, right? Pardon me. Excuse me one second. <clears throat> okay. So, <clears throat> pardon me. Thank you. So people pretty much believe, like, within the fan base that they, met, they have met expectations because the last few years, you know, missing three years in a row of the playoffs, as I regather my thoughts there, we, um, you know, we're starting to grow accustomed to, to um, you know, tanking, as they call it, or rebuilding or resetting or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, now, now what I'm seeing it being described as is being dressed up as, like, um, it was... They lost, but it was entertaining. And that's just facts. That's that's facts, right? So that's the other general consensus that is out there. Is that, you know, it's... um These losses are more entertaining to watch than the last few years. And, you know, that's cool. I get it. Um, Carlson, obviously, is having... You know, he's, he's showing up and showing out. You know what I'm saying? He's having himself a heck of a year. I mean... I have seen some um, some kind of like stories out there about how the fact that he's playing this way is generating interest, right? And Kevin LeBanc, he was injured last season, and he's you know kind of same story, right? He's healthy and he's having himself a heck of a year, so. You know, you have players in there. Nick Bonino, for example. <laughs> That's another thing. I, this is kind of like um, it's not the majority, so, but it's 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 definitely a footnote in there. But there's a lot of fans that feel some type of way about Nick Bonino. All right, we'll get into that in just a moment. But um, you know, if it, it feels like the sounds of sharks. For fans, it feels like they're just a few players away, whether that's a, you know, top six forward or, you know, just some more highly skilled um, supporting cast members, so to speak. But the general consensus is that most Sharks fans feels that we're just a couple of players away from, you know, um, winning these games. Again, I think 
that we have the, the squad to do it. I think that maybe that squad that we have to do so isn't necessarily on the main roster. Okay. Um, but before I give my opinion, let's get back to the general consensus. Okay. The general consensus is um, so another, another one out there that I'm seeing is that most fans are happy and satisfied with uh, Mike Greer. Essentially, you know, um, the roster that he put together is like it meets expectations, right? It's like you work with what you can with the cap and you get, you know, um, the depth forwards that we supposedly lacked last season. And <clears throat> pardon me again. And, you know, you put out a team that's competitive and they're just pretty much in it, but they're not necessarily winning games, but they're not losing big either. Well, with the exception of tonight against the Seattle Kraken. Anyways, um, so what is that all? What does that all kind of um, go hand in hand with a uh, tank for Bernard? OK. Um, yeah, a, a lot of fans feel like another general consensus out there, which is this is a trip, but I understand it. All right, because me, and I've already shared this. This is my own personal view as being a fan that I feel, you know, like it ain't over until it's over, baby. You know what I'm saying? Now, a lot, a lot of, um, a lot of reporters out there are kind of drawing connections, and I don't know if this is far fetched or if it's reaching much, but a lot of, um, I've seen a lot of stories out there kind of drawing comparisons of in terms of. You know the uh, the situation in San Jose being a new coach with um, a team that need you know resurgence, and um, you know in two thousand and three two thousand four, Ron Wilson did this with with Patrick Marlowe's San Jose Sharks, and then they found themselves a couple of games out of a Stanley Cup Finals matchup with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Obviously, Mika Kiprasov. Jerome McGinley, Daryl Sutter, and the Calgary Flames ended that dream, right? But back to the point, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of, I'm seeing like a lot of whispers or, you know, there's, you know, through the grapevine, so to speak, there's some stories out there on social media and or, you know, um, you know, mainstream media about how these sharks in terms of where they are at now is kind of like how one of the best teams in um, you know, our franchise history started out. I don't know. I don't know which, I don't know how to feel about that. Honestly. Um, I feel like there is a lot of definitives with that squad. Like Nabokov was definitely the starting goaltender and, you know, it took Patrick Marlowe about half the season to, you know, be the captain, you know what I'm saying? He shared that role with Macaulay, Richie, Donfus. I'm cool with two of those. <laughs> my bad. But, um, you know, those teams, in my opinion, you know, they, they had, they had already, um, you know, you know, they've had their players. They had their core players, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? And, um, obviously, you know, there's definitely some plug and play, right? Um, as a general, pardon, you know, the generalization there, but the point I'm trying to say is, 
you know, Ron Wilson, he kind of got a head start with his squad. Right, you know, just a little couple of months before the season ended. And, you know, David Quinn, I don't even think he was coaching like last season, right? So, and, you know, pardon me if that's incorrect, but what I'm trying to say is like, you know, it's it's a whole different, it's, you know, you, you can't, it's not like apples to apples here, right? It's, you know, a completely different situation. So, again, I relate, pardon me, I relate to that kind of like sentiment or that kind of like hope or belief in the team because that's just, that's just how I am. I bleed till, but, um, you know, there's a whole section of the fan bases. I get this back to the point out there where the general consensus is it's infuriating as a way to, you know, um, jazz it up, but it's infuriating to them that they don't understand why the sharks, um, (laughs) why the sharks, uh, being bad is a good thing. Like they don't, they just don't understand why sharks fans out there do not understand why this is awesome. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, some out there, again, not trying to go too deep, a deep dive, right? But some, some, some of you out there kind of will say like, you know, they're not trying to lose the games, but you know, where's the incentive in like winning them or whatever. Right. But, um, so in other words, it's like, it's a, uh, you know, you're not completely as one person or, you know, a better way of putting it is like, you know, you're not horrible. You're not completely garbage trash. You're not a dumpster fire, but you know, you're not good either. Right. So anyways, uh, but there's a whole complete there's a there's a whole complete uh, section of the fan base out there that believe like this no 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 this is a good thing this is a good thing, and I'm I'm trying to like understand and relate to it but I just I just don't see it even even if the San Jose Sharks which seems like may be the case here, um if they do decide to um you know continue to dip in the standings because right now I believe they are ranked seventh overall in the Pacific Division. Um, 24th on the power ranking, you know what I'm saying? But if they continue to dive deeper and deeper at the bottom of Pacific division and at the bottom of the NHL standings, you know, let's just say hypothetically that, you know, tank for Bedard crew, they get their wish and they, you know, the sharks win the lottery and we get Bedard. How, how long, you know, before that kid could be on the main roster it would be awesome if it's year one right like like you know if he's a hockey prodigy that everyone is praising him to be with all these Sidney crosby comparisons but um yeah i don't know i just for me i would rather put my faith as a sharks fans into the players that we have on the squad now and i believe that they have you know, the ability to win more games than what it shows in the standings. I believe, what is it? We're only, oh man, I don't even want to say it. But um, yeah, we're, we're horrible. <laughs> I think we only have like 17 points in the standings. Anyways, but yeah, back to the point. You tank for Bedard, you get the kid, and then what? You know, you you if he's if he if he's if he's a bust, you know what I'm saying? 
or if we do that and you know we tank and we don't get the first round pick, you know what I'm saying? Like, is is the next kid in line? Is he going to be just as good? Is it going to be better? You know what I mean? It's like I don't know. I just feel like trying to play the whole season for for draft positioning is ridiculous. And I know the Sounds and Sharks don't do that. And they've ex- they've explicitly said numerous occasions that they don't play for draft positioning, right? But um, yeah, there's a whole section of the fan base out there that think that like you know this is a great thing, and I could get behind it if you're trying to land um, a player like Bernard. But you know, that's assuming all these number one rankings in the world. And this is going to sound ridiculous to say this, but that's assuming that all these number one rankings that he's earned. It, you know, that's if like, you know, they're like, like they're like 100% A plus accurate. Right. So, I mean, I believe it. I've seen it. Kid has talent. He really does. And can he change the franchise? Absolutely. Pair him up with Thomas Bordalo and William Macklin. Oh my goodness. All right. Now I'm starting to understand why you all want to tank for Bedard. <laughs> Anyways. Um, there's another thing that's going out there. This is kind of a new trend as we uh, wrap up the general consensus of sharks fans out there. Um, there's a new thing that I've read out there. So you all, you've all heard of two or fewer in Sharks territory. Apparently, it's this running thing that's been out there um, coined by uh, Brody and Brownie. All right. So they do Sharks pre and post game live. Uh, they do it for NBC Sports. And um, I, I actually I, I really enjoy their segments. Curtis Brown is very entertaining. The new two or fewer... Apparently, the old two or fewer, by the way, was if the Sharks go hold, if I'm not, I hope I'm not butchering this, but if the Sharks hold their opponents to a score of two or fewer, they win those games, right? It's like, it's like the recipe. It's like the sauce, right? Anyways, um, but apparently now, since the Sharks are letting in record amounts of last minute goals, at the end of these periods, apparently the general consensus out there is the new two or fewer in Sharks territory is the Sharks allowing a goal with two minutes or fewer left in the period. <laughs> Woo! I thought that was awesome. I thought that was an awesome find. Congratulations to whoever coined that one. Anyways, um, yeah. So uh, San Jose Sharks through 20 Two games, I believe now, right? Or is it 21 games? 21. Yeah, 21 games. Um, they are 7th in Pacific Division. 7, 12, and 3 record. 17 points, as I mentioned. And uh, previously mentioned 24th ranked in the power rankings via Money Puck. Um, all right. So now I get to share my personal, my personal um, rant, I guess. On how I feel the, the boys are doing. And um, I kind of been sharing it throughout the program to kind of prime you from what I'm about to say. So, you know, no shocker here. But yeah, I believe, I believe that the Sounds of Sharks are shoppers when it comes to the trade block. I believe Sounds of Sharks are, you know, Listen, you're going to win two games at home this season. You know what I'm saying? 
you're going to um oh man you're going to like be entertaining you're going to be exciting to watch as you earn the L I mean it's it's not like a bad formula I guess to keep us engaged just enough uh, but to not get your hopes up either right um but you know what I honestly I just consistency my goodness there's the word I was looking for earlier in the program when I kind of spit it out on the tip of my tongue hello nice to find you now so late in the so late in the podcast consistency that's what I want to see from Capo Kakinen builds the consistency not confidence consistency whoo that's what I want to see in the sounds of sharks baby I want to see consistency all right so Eric Carlson, it doesn't surprise me that Eric Carlson is having himself a career year. It doesn't. And I seen out there on the pregame the notion that it's a good thing that teams want to um, nab. You know, they want to poach Eric Carlson from the San Jose Sharks because it means he's playing good. Uh, uh, I'm, I call cap on that one. You know what I'm saying? Honestly, I call bull shark because Eric Carlson, despite his contract and his age, he is still considered one, an elite defenseman, two, another team's trade deadline target dream, and three, very expensive for the Sharks' new era. So with the trend being as such, um, you know, Axing your huge contracts via buyout or just, you know, sending off on their way and cashing out, right? But, um, yeah, these, these, big, these big contracts in San Jose, if you have a big contract, and we said this last season, so, again, if, you're, if you've been following, which I assume you have because you're listening to this bad boy, um, if you have a big contract in San Jose and you're over like the age of 28, if you're over the age of 30, 32 for sure, um, you know what I'm saying? You you potentially could be on the trade block. And nobody wanted to admit it in the last few years as they found unique ways to part ways with some of these big figures. But the point is, Mike Greer... He he does not have that problem. He called it how it is. Unless your name's Tomas Hurdle, you know what I'm saying? Have your bags ready to be like your bags. You should have some luggage packed on the side, because you know that's the only guy that can confidently be in Hurdle. You know, take out some real estate here in the Bay Area. Um, so yeah. It doesn't shock me that Eric Carlson's having a career year. He's fully healthy, right? So it's like, look at, look at, look at what's out, just out of the shop. Oh, listen to that engine rev. The kitty purrs so nice, right? It's like, of course, of course, right? With all due respect, 
Obviously, he's healthy. One, two. You know, apparently, offseason training, there is a whole different uh, regiment, and I'm not going to start throwing a whole bunch of stuff in there to jazz him up, to try to sell him a little bit more, right? Make the trade value go up. But what I'm trying to say is, is it doesn't shock me, all right? And it doesn't shock me that, like, he's taking a lead. It doesn't shock me that Brent Burns was traded at the beginning of the season. It doesn't shock me that Martin Jones beat the Salazzi Sharks and the Sharks paid him $1.6 million to do so. I was going to say that that's chump change, but, you know, now now I'm kind of feeling like, you know, he stole, he stole our lunch money. <laughs> we can't eat. Oh, man, eight to five. Wow. Anyways, um, so what, what, what does all this mean? What does all this mean? The formula in San Jose seems to be, you know, whether it's showcasing a highly skilled player or, you know, smearing them. I hate to say it. It is what it is, right? Um, it seems like, you know, like we are paving way, not we, but they as an organization is paving way for all these new prospects to come on board because it's not like the Eric Carlson's and the Mark Edward Vlasics and potentially, you know, the Timo Myers and who even knows Logan Couture's. You know, if your name's not Tomas Hurdle, you are not exempt from the trade block. But, you know, it's going to take maybe a couple of years to, like, part ways with all these core players as we start to bring in and plug in the likes of Bordalo, Raska, Eklin, um, just, you know, be, you know, just to name a few, you know, Tristan Robbins. Strauss man eventually, right? Anyways, um, I, I I'm I'm really excited he got called up. And um, talk about having frequent flyer miles, right? <laughs> uh, the kid, the kid's been getting sent back and forth from Wichita to San Jose on and like on in like a regular basis throughout the week. Anyways, um, but yeah, you know, eventually when you plug those players in. And those, you know, entry level uh, contracts meet, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, you, you could do the RFA and all that, right? You know, you could do qualifying offers and et cetera, but, but you know, eventually, you know, you want to keep those people on board. They're going to be due a payday. Eklund's going to be due a payday. Bordelow's going to be due a payday, right? And I know the Sharks will work it out and I know they'll do it way better. I know Mike, I have faith that Mike Greer will do it way better than his predecessor, honestly. Then he'll do it better than, than Doug Wilson. And no disrespect to DW, you know what I'm saying? But I'm just simply saying, like, I think on a financial level, um, the Sharks are going to be smart with how they spend. Because, you know, even though the owner, Hassel Planner, has said that he will spend to the cap or spend to the limit and he wants to invest, I mean, at some point, you got to get your return, right? You got to get a return. So at some point, you know, these sharks are going to have to produce and they're going to have to do it at, um, they're going to have to do it at an ex an expense that isn't putting such a dent into the overall operation, right? You, you don't want to have so much dedicated to, um, you know, player, players' salaries, and you definitely don't want so much of that being, uh, you know, you definitely don't want, um, you know, some of that cap space being dedicated to players that are not even on your squad. So, you know, Mike Greer, he says he's all ears. Eric Carlson says he's here to stay. 
A lot of people are saying, where's Nick Benino? <laughs> That's the other thing. Um, and I'm not trying. I'm not trying to talk smack. Nick Bonito, you know, he's a Stanley Cup champion. He's the assistant captain of the Stanley Sharks, and he was given that role for a reason. And whether you see it or not, you know, he makes production. He almost set up a great opportunity for a one timer in the slot today against the Kraken. Could have potentially changed the game. You know what I'm saying? Um, so you know, he, whether you see it or not, he's making his impact. And as we said in the last podcast, um, it's kind of like Andrew Cogliano, man. Like you know. You don't know he's gone until he's gone. So, um, you know, Nick Benito, he's going to hold down that roster spot. And if you don't understand why, well, you know, he has the alternate captain's patch sewn onto his, his sweater. Um, so I'm not even going to entertain this the idea that um, Nick Benito isn't um, bringing value to the squad, I guess is the best way to say it. You know, the stats aren't there. Um, you know, the play might not be there. He is definitely making mistakes, right? But so, 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 so is everyone else. But, um, yeah, you, you just, you know, um, what is it? Loki on Avengers when Thanos, you know, said, do you consider failure experience? And he said, I consider experience experience. Well, you know, Bonino has his name on a Stanley Cup. All right. So he's going to be in the main roster. That's all I got to say about that. Um, so back to the trade rumors and stuff. You know, Timo Meyer, his name's been getting thrown out there, I've seen lately. Um, Timo Meyer's name's been getting thrown out there since the last two seasons. Okay. Apparently he was going to be made, a, um, they're going to deal into the Devils um, for some draft picks. You know what I'm saying? Um, some news is going down like that. I believe there's bringing up New Jersey as a potential suitor again. Um, I read somewhere, I believe it was the athletic. I don't know if this is just a mail bag or if this is just, you know, um, some kind of, you know, um, piece to generate, you know, some excitement. But I think some people out there are mentioning that the Islanders were perhaps interested. It might be smart move. And then you got stuff like, you know, like that kind of doesn't make sense, but like Toronto's being mentioned as a suitor for Eric Carlson. And, um, you know, a lot of people are discussing and by people, I mean, like, you know, different entities that are not a part of the organization. <laughs> they are discussing, you know, like what you would get in return and sound like, you know, what, what the Sharks would have to keep, um, you know, in terms of cap space and listen, I, I I would revisit how do I say this? I I would love to revisit you know all all these um how do I say this hypothetical uh trade rumors cuz that's all they are and I would like to like you know play fun and try to increase the value and try to be like oh you know Eric Carlson is good and that's why people want him cuz he's playing good so you should be yay right like everyone should have you know should feel happy you know, good feelings, but um, back back to what I'm trying to say is like you know, um, the rumors don't concern me so much. What 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 I listen to is a dialogue, okay? And the dialogue we're getting with Mike Greer and Eric Carlson, you know, um, he says he's he's happy here for now. I believe that's the last words he said for now. And you know, Mike Greer, of course, you know, he mentions that, you know. He's he's open to offers. David Quinn, I believe, was like, "Hey, 
if anything was to go through, it'd be discussed with me and Greer first, and then obviously the player and, you know, so Greer and Carlson. Um, again, he would have to agree. He'd have to sign on for it. He'd have to work out a way to, you know, maybe absorb all his cap space. Which team is able to do that? Forget the age. Forget the fact that he's playing good right now. Eric Carlson is an elite defenseman. And he's showing other clubs um, why why he is right now. So all that I'm trying to say is, you know, forget the rumors. Uh, bottom line is this. is It doesn't matter if it's Meyer. It doesn't matter if it's Carlson. It doesn't matter if it's Couture. And so on and so forth. Mike Greer, as far as I'm concerned, says that everybody is uh, available for the right price. And that's what I feel. So, you know, what you get in return is a whole other episode. And um, I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole because there's no point right now. What matters is that Timo Meyer scored a freaking hat trick tonight, even though they lost. And Eric, um, Eric Carlson, man. He quarterbacks a great play. I mean, he's he, he's playing some he's playing some freaking good hockey. So as long as they continue to do that for the Sharks, I'm happy. And if they at some point this season, next season, off season, two seasons from now, if they're no longer until, I won't be surprised. Anyways, all right. So moving on to the next segment here, uh, we're about to wrap up the uh, podcast here. So thank you to everybody who's uh, watching live and. Everyone who's listening on your favorite podcast platform, I am Aaron James. This is the Shark City Podcast, uh, the Thanksgiving edition. And the first podcast as part of, you know, as now proud affiliates of the Hockey Podcast Network. Again, shout out to our uh, friends at DraftKings. And, um, you know, again, promo code THPN for all the details on, you know, everything in regards to that. Check out the description right here, episode description in the video or in the podcast uh, bio. So yeah, um, past 25, you know, this, this past 25 or the past quarter of the season, pardon me, a few things stand out. Okay. Eric Carlson is the real deal. James Reimer solidifies himself as a starter. I was happy about that. Kind of sad to see how he's losing some of these games with no support from the rest of the squad. Uh, you know, Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle, Logan Couture, they're on, you know, they're on point streaks for several games. And, um, you know, the Sharks, you know, they're trending upward again. They're trending upward. They're losing tight, close games. And maybe, you know, maybe in uh, December, we'll have some better luck. But before... Before we get there, we're going to have our Thanksgiving here in Shark City. And also, we're going to have the reverse retro game. So, that's where we're, where we're going to end this podcast. <laughs> Woo! I'm going to try to make it short. Because if you listen to previous episodes, you already know how I feel about these reverse retros. Okay, so uh, tomorrow at this point, because we're already... Um, Happy Thanksgiving, by the way, to everybody in um, Sharks territory who's watching live. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody in Shark City who follows, supported the uh, page and account since day one. Uh, tomorrow at this point, this is Friday. All right, Friday. 
The LA Kings are in town. They'll be at the tank to face off against the Sounds of Sharks. Or should I say the 1970s Dallas Stars? <laughs> Woo, I cannot. I, I am not. Okay. I am one of the traditionalists, right? I'm just saying it up front. I am one of the traditionalists. Why are we not doing some kind of throwback to a Sharks jersey in our 30-plus years of history? I have no idea. I do understand why we decided to throw it back to the history of the NHL in the Bay Area. And I do understand, and I, I, will, un, I will honestly say this, I appreciate the uh, nostalgia. All right? I appreciate how awesome it's going to be to feel like you're time traveling here in the Bay Area hockey scene and you get to see what essentially is an Oakland Seals game for the first time in over, like, what, 40, 50 years, right? 70s. Woo. All right. But the jerseys, man, I, I just cannot I just cannot get behind the jerseys. For me, the reverse retro, for me personally, reverse retro was a hit and miss two years two times back to back. Um, I thought that they should have threw it back to the black armor jerseys back when the Sharks had the, the only jersey to feature a full-bodied shark. Okay? And I thought maybe they could reverse it by making it till. You know what I'm saying? Um, the jersey to me, this, the the shark jersey. So the one thing I can't get around is that you know is the fact that again that the history belongs to the Dallas Stars. Okay, the history belongs to the Dallas Stars, and if you play EA Sports NHL 23 or any of the previous versions, and you play the World of Chill, and you unlocked the jersey via reward, or if you just played an exhibition game and you went through the uniform history of the Dallas Stars, you'll see that the Seals is part of their history. So that's just the one thing that irks me as a Sharks fan, as a diehard traditionalist bleeding till Sharks fan. It's just like, you know, I get throwing it back to Bay Area history, but I just, you know, I hate to bring up football, but I'm just going to do it really quick. This is like... And this didn't happen, so this is this is fictional here, okay? But this is like the Raiders moving from Oakland to Las Vegas, okay? But let's just say they went through a rebrand and they weren't the Raiders anymore. This would be like if the 49ers decided to do a throwback to Bay Area football history and wear silver and black because there used to be an Oakland Raider team there one day. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's absurd. And again, I'm a traditionalist, so to me, the rivalry between the San Jose Sharks and the Dallas Stars is, you know, is deeply rooted. So, to me, this is like blasphemous. But I get it, the barrier history part of it. I cannot stand that the words are spelled out sharks. <laughs> I cannot stand it. And I cannot stand how... How plain the jersey looks. Like they could have at least did the till version. They could have inverted it. Instead of it being white, it could have been till. I could have got behind that. But, you know, they decided to go the other direction. And that's fine. That's fine. It is what it is. But um, it's rather plain. And I don't mean any disrespect, you know. 
there's some people out there that um you know they feel some type of way about the new set of jerseys and some people feel some type of way about the orange you either love it or you hate it right so that's how i am when it comes to these reverse retros all right and that right there is my final spiel so we are previewing the next couple of games we will cover these in our next um you know podcast the next time we get together to talk sharks hockey here in sharks territory um so that reverse retro game is going down on friday tomorrow at this point happy thanksgiving again to everybody um then the sharks are gonna have the weekend off nice three-day weekend and then uh excuse me three-day weekend um they're not gonna have the weekend off they're gonna um, be at home a sunday afternoon game against the canucks and then they play Tuesday. So back on the road. They're going to be on a four-game road trip, I believe. And let me just double-check my notes here. Yeah, four-game road trip. They're going to finish off the month of November and begin the month of December on the road. Um, most of that time is going to be set. It's going to be spent up north, as they say, true north up there in Canada. So they'll be uh, facing Montreal, Toronto, and Ottawa again. Um, so I'm I'm thinking at least two victories, right? <laughs> um, and then yeah, they face off against Buffalo Sabers. I don't know so much about that. We'll see how it goes. And then they come back home to um, host the uh, Canucks and the Ducks again. But we'll talk more so about that next time we get together. I am Aaron James. Thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Seriously, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Be safe. Uh, enjoy your family. Enjoy this podcast with some turkey and um yeah you know go sharks man i mean you could you could only it could you could only swim up right you only swim upwards from here if you continue to sink in the depths and you know it is what it is cracking got the best of us tonight eight goals man all right that's it <laughs> Once again, I'm Aaron James. <clears throat> One more for the social plug. Um, this is Shark City Podcast. Follow us across the board on social media. That's on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, at Shark City Hockey. Everything is in our link tree, which is in the bio. Um, this has been the 11th episode of the second season, and it's been a pleasure doing this with y'all. Thank you for um, sticking with me for my first episode as a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Super excited to be on board and be a part of the fam and cannot wait to deliver more Sharks and Barracuda content. Special shout out and thanks to SJ Battery Pack, Carlos. Happy Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, thank you again to everybody out there who supported shark city hockey um throughout our entire journey on our fourth season now covering sounds a sharks i'm aaron james once again uh don't forget you can find all of our uh, previous episodes at sharkcityhockey.com uh, check out everything else we got there we got 24 7 linear streams that's video and music we got some um you know blogs for you we got some quick vids for you we got the entire podcast collection at sharkcityhockey.com. All right, everybody, good night. Happy Thanksgiving. Be safe, all right? And um, yeah, see you in the next episode.